Welcome to Southpaws, episode 497, Only Flans. Yes. It's wholesome cooking time only around here. <laughs> no nudes, no fucking, just good, clean, southern cooking. <laughs> we a got nu- A nude flan is one without the caramel sauce on it. Yeah, and honestly, that's... <laughs> who wants that? <laughs> no one. <laughs> oh, man. I'm Saverin. I'm Fuzzwolf. And I'm Shiva. And it's been a hell of a week. We're here and have eaten. Fuzz and Shiva have the hookah. I'm over here in my nest. I have a massive tome that is a weapon. Yes. And we've got topics for you this week. So you see how thick that book is? Yeah. So take that book and like stretch it so it's like 18 by 18. And that was my art history book that I used in college. You could use it to, you know, as a self-defense weapon. Yeah. If you laid out the pages one after another, you would not be able to return it. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's like, you know, if you laid out the nerves in the human body end to end, you would die. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like the blood vessels, too. Yeah. 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 Or did you put all the elephants from the earth to the moon? they would die (laughs) so yeah and it's been an interesting week in the land of furry it's been a bad week for sex workers apparently with OnlyFans announcing today that they're going to shoot themselves in the head like i said Um, they're liking and subscribing to uh tumblr's (laughs) blog on how to ruin their business model yeah and i have a very large book which uh, which you do? Which I have talk about. brought to to show and tell, if more tell because I can't really show you on a podcast. <laughs> Close your eyes. We will describe. You can take it. a picture and make it the the yeah. Thumbnail. Like I've posted a picture into the chat because the we yeah. can just kind of start with that because we're talking. You know, the topic this week is a lot about how OnlyFans is going to fuck over everything that made them OnlyFans, right? But it's not really surprising when you're looking at sort of the anthropological history of sex and cultures. Mm-hmm. And I found this particular book. The book is titled How Sex Got Screwed Up, The Ghosts That Haunt Our Sexual Pleasure, book one. Uh, the author's name is John Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, and it's published by Vernon Press. It is a academic book on sexual history the history of sex in culture going back to the bronze age and volume one ends in 1830 Um, because time moves so much faster i guess now the second volume concerns from 1830 into modern times well also from 1830 now there's a lot more dense documentation yeah that's for sure when has he written the second one i'm not sure i believe so when was that one published um so this one, 2019. You might not have had time to completely get through book two because yeah, that's cause a thick ass volume. Research books take a shitload of work, and you said he had like a ton of citations. And yeah. Stuff. So the the dedication it says dedicated to the millions and millions of women, men, and children whose tribes, churches, politicians, pundits, and doctors tortured them, murdered them, and Ooh. forced them to live in misery because of their sexuality. Peace. And so Sorry. this particular book is a lot about Shotgun. cultures and how <laughs> she, they've treated Shiva sex. just shot a load right in my face. Well, she's a cat. She can do that. <laughs> um, and I only became aware of it because I was being a weirdo on Twitter and trolling through people's likes, and I found 
a mention of this book's Twitter account. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, this seems like right up my alley. And I'm currently 135 pages in, and I'm not quite done with the Greeks yet. Um, you got a long way to go. Got a long dear. way to go. It's like it starts you out with the Bronze Age, moves into the Iron Age, covers China up into they're being contemporaneous with the Greeks, and now covers the Greeks. Then it's the Romans, and 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 it goes from there. Um, yeah. And the author is a gay man who worked with Planned Parenthood through the '80s. Gay man survived the AIDS crisis. Basically, it's like in the beginning was a sex drive, rise of sexual taboo. Ziggurats, Pyramids, and the Pentateuch. The Great Wall. What the fuck is a Pentateuch? It's the first five books of the Bible. Oh, okay. Um, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's a terrible Pokemon. (laughs) Very, very, very hard rules about what you can and can't do with that Pokemon. Uh, Like what moves it can learn. Like, mm -hmm. it can't learn buggery, even though it's a really great move. Um, (laughs) Great Wall, Sex in Indian China, Acropolis, and then now... I'm not to chapter six yet, but that's where the gladiators, you know, sex and Rome and the empire. Then uh, the anti-sex junta that took over the world, early junta. Christian opposition to sex from 1 AD to 400. Junta, you said? Junta's house okay. pronounced, yeah. Well, I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's cool is like it's a 958 page volume with... And it ends, and then it has yeah. like a further 110 pages of, in, of the index of index and bibliography and uh, yeah. appendices. Yeah, so it's like over a thousand fifty pages altogether. Yeah, it's a hell of a book. It's actually a bit expensive too. It's uh, eighty one bucks. Yeah, and then I paid extra to get the like insured shipping on it. Which it's either an expensive book or a really cheap textbook. Yeah, because honestly, eighty-one book bucks—that's less expensive than a textbook. Like if this was oh, a refined shit. reading over like a semester of anthropology, like a sex history of sex anthropologic, anth- yeah, anthropology course at college, this would probably be two hundred something dollars. Yeah, easy. Yeah, because they fuck you over. I, I think that's why there's not a price printed on it. That way, I mean, they can still sell it on Amazon for like eighty bucks, but the college bookstore could sell it for four hundred. Yeah, it's it's really and they would. Like, yeah. I'm enjoying it because it's telling me shit that I did know, in a way. Like, yes, religion fucks everything up for women, especially. We've known this forever. Mm-hmm. But also but how, like, various attitudes thereof. Like, here's some details. Mm-hmm. Like, how various groups really decided they were going to crack out down on this. And a lot of it was, like, we need men to marry or have a lot of... Women have a lot of babies because we need to have warriors. Was pretty much the driving force. And so, like past certain points once you're moving towards the iron age you had societies where women could be have a bit of financial freedom that was later eroded and then like once we finally get up like egypt women had a good deal of freedom there but then once you get up to like covering parts of history like around the early bible and the israelites and all those nasty jerks and how they basically turned women into slaves and that persisted for a long time yep and so like it's one of those things where sex negativity has been part of human condition for as long as we've really been societies in many ways. Mm. Like, there are spots here and there where it's less so. Like, you know, parts of India had their you know, very sex-positive strains of Hinduism. Mm-hmm. But then you had, like, Buddhism come in and kind of fuck it up. Or certain strains of Buddhism were like, hey, the only reason there's women in the world is they were men who fucked up in life and were reincarnated as women. Because, wow. you know, being a woman is the fuck-up option. Yes. Oof. And stuff like that. Like, in 
it's it's covered in a lot of things. It covers a lot of varying religious traditions, like, briefly, but it has citations, so when you go check the bibliography, if you want to do a shitload more reading, you can certainly do that. And that kind of leads into the the OnlyFans discussion, too, because here we are again yeah. with Christians fucking up sexual expression on the internet via payment processors. It all comes down to money, really. Payment processors have the sex industry by the fucking short hairs. Yeah, and nobody has the guts to be like, actually, no, we're just not going to deal with the chargebacks. Because, like, that's the whole big deal. Like, oh, you know, people use their credit cards to buy porn and then they charge it back because, like, they get found out or they're ashamed or they're like, oh, no, 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 someone stole my card to buy Dirty Milf's Dozen 13, you know? Mm -hmm. And that causes money to get lost and they don't like that so it's like oh you can't use credit cards to pay for adult stuff or online or like like paypal uh, there was a comedy i don't remember what it was um years ago where like somebody was like checking out and they were trying to say oh why is it like 200 extra dollars they're like oh because of these adult movies and you're like that's that's not my charge and like it says here that you watched something like all anal nuns volume four you watched it 27 times that was for research <laughs> yeah well it's still you have to pay for your research yeah i'm putting the semen in seminary we have this such this long historical tale of sex negativity and shame around sex yeah and it's like it gives you a very long perspective when you have the realization that this nonsense has been going on since the Bronze Age. And you would have hoped that with all this nonsense, we would have been done with this by now. But instead, we are not. Well, unfortunately, you know, we still have religion. Yeah, pretty much. And it doesn't make everyone a fuckhead, but it does hold us back as a species, I think. It's mostly yeah. the institutions that make it difficult, not yeah. so much the individual people. Yeah, it's definitely, it's the, it's the organized religion, it's the organized part. It's when they're the making their religious rules apply to everybody. And say, so, like, like, you just follow this, and you, know, you want to do this, you do this. But, no, everybody has to do this. Because yeah. sex work is just as valid as any other form of work. If you're willingly putting nudes of yourself if you're sleeping with people for money for yourself and not being forced to do it that's valid that's fine like showing your pussy on the internet and making money for it people will pay for that yeah and that's you do you and then charge for it you know get that money and like i've seen a number of nasty little fuckers today being like haha now those only fans furries will be forced to get real jobs like fuck really yeah and like one of the people i saw was like fucking 19 like you're not even old enough to like smoke shut up Puritan. yeah like they're 19 and they're saying they're gay but they have like centrist in their bio with quotations and it's like oh you are a little pick me queer who thinks you'll knock at the wall just like everybody else what's a pick me queer the pick me type it's the i'm not like the other insert group here oh okay the the i'm not like the other queers i'm not like the other girls the other boys or i'm one of the the quote-unquote i'm the i'm a good trans like that type of per- person you know and so like wait so i mean like i always thought like a good trans is a trans that like burns down a police precinct yes but in this context it's the people mm. that are like 
oh no, I'm I'm a good, respectable trans person who doesn't advocate for my rights because blah blah blah. It's the this you know, is like Caitlyn Jenner being yeah stuff fucking shocked Pikachu face when like Trump tried to put in anti-trans executive orders and stuff like that what is it isn't it buck angel up there with oh, the yeah he's, he's, he's a fuck yeah. yeah that asshole he's a piece of shit the nonsense of people like that because yeah there are some hot ass furries on only fans and like it'll be really interesting to see what their actual like restrictions because they're like we're gonna do this in october but we're not telling you exactly what we're going to stop yeah, and don't... they said it would be like tasteful nudes in one thing because like were... most of what i see is like it's people in an outfit showing their bits and it's men and women and like with the context of the furries i've seen doing it they have like the suits they like they only wear the heads or the paws things show off their body without showing off their face which is a real advantage for furries that yeah. want to maintain some level of privacy. Also, I've noticed since COVID, and now everyone's wearing masks, a lot of the like OnlyFans furries uh, will be wearing a mask. Yeah. Usually a furry one, and while that's... posing otherwise nude. And I think that's fine. That can be pretty hot, you know? What, yeah. It's what you see, but also what you don't see. That's yeah. why, like to me, revealing lingerie is hotter than just a straight-up nude. Yeah, no, I I totally get it. And so it's a really shitty situation that they have thrown all these people's income into question because of prudishness. And it's not also and it's not just like the credit card companies being losing money. It's the same Christian groups that pushed that was like attacking Pornhub, Mm. that was helping push FOSTA SESTA. FOSTA what? What's that one? FOSTA? Uh, and SESTA are two different oh, oh, laws. There are two different federal laws. I that, know what SESTA is. I forget what FOSTA yeah. is. There were like a pair of laws that covered kind of the same shit where it's like anti quote unquote sex trafficking, which also made life hard for anybody just posting news on Twitter for money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, not on Twitter, but on the internet for money. You know, and, and right now with the pandemic, it's a lot safer for sex workers to turn to sites like OnlyFans for income rather than meeting up in real life for sexual encounters well it was safer before that too yeah Yeah. it was definitely safer before (laughs) that but even more so from a a virus spreading standpoint Mm -hmm. right now um for not getting covid and so it's really disappointing to see one that this has even happened and two that there are certain people amongst our Amongst furry overall, they're not our tribe, but people that claim to be furries, being triumphalist about this and not understanding that if these people got their way, they'd also kill off sites like FA or E621. Or any place there's any naughty bits anywhere. Yeah, so, like, you know, mind your fucking P's and Q's because they'll come for your shit too. Yeah. Hence, going back to you think that they're not going to put you up against the wall, too. Yeah, exactly. You know, and this is sort of like we were talking about before, how, like, trans people warn you, like, when they start coming after cis athletes because, oh, they're they're a black woman who was doing really well in something. Oh, we have to test their hormones now to make sure they're, quote unquote, really a woman. And it's like, yeah, unfortunately, trans people have become... The canary in the coal mine to, you know, when they see people really coming after trans, if we let them get, trans people, if we really let them get away with that shit, you know, then they go after women, then they go after other queers, 
and not that all women are queer, but yeah, you know, yeah, it's just it's it's a level of control, and um, oh God, I saw a thing today about um, I think it was probably Planned Parenthood uh, or or another human rights organization tweeted that hey Texans, you have until I think it was October eighth to get a legal abortion in Texas before this new law goes into place. That it's like it's I think it's one of those stupid heartbeat bills. That, yeah. Um, or- like you can sue anybody that takes place that takes part in like an abortion like mm. if someone objects they could like sue the uber driver that took you to the clinic or something like that oh, it's no. really fucking is this stupid. the one that's even worse that's like they can charge the doctor with homicide i think so yeah like it's gonna get up tied up in the courts but we have no guarantee of anything going well in the federal it, court system anymore. It is bait to get pushed up to the Supreme Court. Yeah, they're That's doing what real is. hard to try to get Roe yeah. versus Wade overturned. And, you know, that always goes so well in the countries that have made abortion illegal, like certain places in South America where they put moms who have fucking miscarriages <laughs> in prison. Excuse me. Sorry. Um, Which is a totally natural, if unfortunate, process. Yeah. You know? It's um, also the body's way of flushing out an unviable fetus and protecting the woman's life. Yeah, but these people are going off of their religion versus, you know, science. Like, remember, if people listen, you know, actually believed in science, we wouldn't be where we're at today. Where, you know, her planet decides, actually, no, nah, never mind, we're actually not going to go do fucking, we're not going to do siesta, uh, and yeah. I'm not going to do siesta, and we're not going to be doing episode 500 at siesta, because, well... We're not going. And it sucks. Because I'd really hope to do that this year. Yeah. But between... We made plans because we got vaccinated, the numbers were looking better, and then the politicians come in and fuck it all up again. Yeah. And we're going to try to kind of cut the Jesus Christ COVID bitching short, not super long this week, but it's like... Yeah. We wanted to do this thing, and... But we're not We're not getting to it. we're willing to make <clears throat> a sacrifice to, you know, not... Not further. Yeah. Well, personally, uh, I don't want to get sick, and you know. Well, and if you get, you know, if you go to cons, definitely take every precaution, and be very aware that um, breakthrough infections are apparently rising. Now, the percentage of people who are vaccinated and die from COVID is extremely low. You most likely get like. A mild case of COVID if you get a breakthrough infection. Very few people get hospitalized. Even fewer people get put on a ventilator. And a tiny amount actually succumb. Yeah. But, so, you know, you're still pretty protected, even with the Delta variant. But you should still be absolutely safe. You know, wear your masks in all public areas. Frequent hand washing. Don't frequent lick sanitizing. random fursuiters. I mean, when we were thinking of going, we we had plan. I have so much hand sanitizer now. Like we were going to have like several bottles of it at our table. We were going to bring some extra in case somebody else wanted some. You know, it sucks because like I was really looking forward to doing that in Act Five, but unless things get a lot better real fast, I'm not going to be doing either that. And like, so I'm like maybe Anthro Expo 2022. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. But like, unfortunately, speaking of the the breakthrough infections, both my parents caught covid mm. again they caught it um, and your grandfather too yeah and my grandfather too like they a relative on that side of the family had organized his 85th birthday party and my parents have been vaxxed since it first became available 
Mm-hmm. Like they weren't fucking around. They took this very seriously for very long Yeah. because my mom got COVID early on and nearly died from it, which I didn't find out until after the fact. But honestly, that's kind of better because I would have just been freaking out for a month while mm-hmm. in isolation. So, you know, not don't don't I don't hold it against her or anything, but it's just one of those things, you know, she's already dealt with this. And then it also turns out that said 85 year old grandfather also got it. And that yep, situation is positive since last update. Um, and so that whole situation is real fucked up and bad. And I feel really bad for my parents because they're just involved in this at all. Mm-hmm. Like they were trying to do the nice thing and be like the dutiful son to go to his dad's 85th birthday. And then all this shit happens. But thankfully, as of this recording, they said they're doing just fine. They were able to go like they went to their doctor and then they got sent ahead to the ER. And the ER was like, we got some Regeneron for you. Here's your juice. And then they got sent home and they were like, you know, like. The hospital's really cold, but we feel okay. And my dad noted there was a lot of people that looked like they waited way too long to go to the hospital there. Yeah, that was something I read about Regeneron, because I googled it. And it said that Regeneron is supposed to be used in the early stages of COVID, and it can turn things around and, and you'll be okay. But do not wait. It's really not effective if you let it get bad. Yeah. And this is just me being a brain-poisoned gamer. Regeneron sounds like something that the Umbrella Corporation from Resident Evil would make. Yeah. And I'm like, so, you know, they're like, oh, you know, the COVID-19 vaccine will turn you into a zombie. Oh. And I'm like, no, that Regeneron shit well, sure sounds like it will. I was going to jokingly say, uh, what are your parents' new faces like? Uh, are you... Are you adjusting okay to them being younger than you now? Honestly, if, yeah, if they could like regenerate all Doctor Who style, it would actually be very happy for them. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> like they're they're in their twenties again and have their shit all fixed up. That'd be nice. I wish that would work for them. Um, but and by in, the way, here's your new brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's real weird. Like my dad regenerated into a woman, and mom regenerated into a man, but they're still gonna stay married. They just swap names. It's real weird. Like, I was very concerned earlier in the week, but now it's like, all right, well, this shit's minor. You said you're feeling okay. It's like, all mm. right, I'm not going to get too worried. Like, I'm upset that you're in this situation to begin with, but you seem to be just sick. So, you, you had said they're at home chilling and watching Netflix. So, I told Tyrion, yeah, they're, they're, they're at home Netflix and chill. <laughs> and, and Tyrion was like... You know that's a different thing. <laughs> and I was like, I know. <laughs> but, like, between that and... Oh, my, shit. Are you going to have to explain Netflix and chill to your mom? I'm pretty now? sure I don't. I won't have to. Okay. But it's just, like, it's such a bummer. Because it will have been... Like, I was very, very vehement on Twitter. I was like, I swear to God, if the first con I get to attend after... Fiesta 2020. It's Fiesta 2022. I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> it's like, okay, you've worked this convention. There's now this two year gap. You have to work that same convention again. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be that'd be terrible to me. That'd be weird. It's like you don't get to attend them. You only get to work them. Maybe people get their act yeah, together. You would have at least had off dealer hours going to cons with me to, yeah. to be behind the table. Man, originally this year, we were going to do Anthrocon, Siesta, ACFI. You were going to come to all of those with us. Uh-huh. And mm. then BLFC, 
MFF? I mean, MFF's still on the table. MFF I did apply for because I don't go to MFF. That's that's a Tyrion con. Um, And Tyrion was like, no, jump on that and applied. I was like, okay. And I mean, we'll see what the situation in America is like in December, I guess. (laughs) I mean, shifting to the con topic, though. Like, I'm really interested to see what the numbers, like, of fresh furries that got infected from, like, Megaplex and... Fairy Delphia and, and Stratosphere is going to look like because Denver is this coming weekend. Yeah, there's another. Um, I think Indie Furcon is Indie Furcon is also yeah this coming weekend. Like, I would like to go to Denver just because I haven't been back to a con in that state since the one year we went to Rocky Mountain Fuzz. Yeah, because usually Tiered goes out there. Like yeah. Tiered and Buck have been out there a couple times. I went out there with Buck one year. And like I'm healthier now, I'd probably have a better time and hopefully not be completely altitude sick the entire weekend. Yeah, it was really fifty fifty for me. I've been to Colorado probably three or four maybe five times not just for conventions but also for family events because a lot of tyrants families in that in that area and um actually that's probably more like five or six and it's really 50 50 as to whether i get altitude sickness or not because no matter how much water i drink it will either help or do nothing the only time i felt altitude sick when i went over up to denver the last time is when we actually went up to the top of pike's peak then I was feeling a little woozy, and we had to go back down the mountain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's different. Like, I'd like to go out to, like, Garden of the Gods and do some of the, you know, hiking, sightseeing there. But also, I know, like, it's that high up, I'd probably have a rough go of it. But I'd still like to try. Yeah. But I'd have to, you know, go out there to do it. That's when you just strap an oxygen tank to your back, like you're going to the moon. Yeah. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, like, it's a real bummer, but right now, like, mm-hmm. Panther is kind of cagey on the of me going... And with my parents not going, and for planning not going, there's no reason for me to go. And so it's just like, all right, well, I will just... Like, I still feel comfortable going and seeing people. Like, your your house doesn't go anywhere, Shiva, right? Like, you, you go fucking all. And, like, same with you, Fuzz. Yeah, we stay in Hawaii. Like, I go to the grocery store once a week, if that. We're basically back to our, our 2020 yeah. pattern of behavior, with the sole exception of... Visiting friends who are vaccinated and in a similar situation. And also similarly just... Like homebodies otherwise. Like not, Dave, not even necessarily homebodies, but people who are playing it safe. Yeah, yeah. like Dave went to like a Home Depot today, but you know, that's a pretty wide open store. It's not yep. very packed. Yeah. Yep. Like anytime I've gone to Home Depot, it's like I'm going to the garden section to get more dirt. Because yeah, think- by God, I need so much dirt. Yeah, about the same. I mean, he went inside to get, like, a propane bottle and, um, like, a five-gallon bucket. Did, did he get any accessories with the propane? No. <sighs> but I did use it to light the hookah coals. Okay, good. Well, there you go. <laughs> Just fucking tapped it like a keg. Got no, the, no, no, like little, the the, no, like the little blowtorch. Yeah, yeah. He got those little... <laughs> But yes. I'm, I'm just imagining you jabbing something into a propane set. Lighting it. <laughs> Do not try this at home, kids. This is not how propane tanks work. No. You don't use them like oranges either. I will say. <laughs> wow. Put the, them in the soda can crusher. Yeah. No, oh, that's man. also not a good way. The, the gardening thing. Like, I'm coming up on the end of my first garden plot. Mm-hmm. And I'd say probably about 50% successful. Mm-hmm. The yams and the ginger are successful. 
And then like the onion that I got that became kind of three onions, but they're little onions was sort of 50-50. It's like, hmm, I'm going to use them in this next batch of hot sauce that I make. But like the carrots and the greens, too hot. This It was too hot this summer. I can't help but think in like writing terms that you said you're your garden plot and i'm just thinking of you writing a book like chapter two See, three little onions i was <laughs> thinking more along the line of stardew valley you're coming to the end of your first season yeah <laughs> and you're going like man i i didn't actually make that much in the way of crops at all how disappointing <laughs> but it has been a good you thing to start that learning skin so that your little helper is a little dog. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and all the all my villagers are furries. Mm-hmm. But like, it has been nice to have plants that to tend and keep an eye on and see growing. Like yeah. my peppers are starting <clears throat> to do good. My banana pepper, I brought it back from the brink. It looked really good in the picture. Like the the leaves are nice and bright green and not limp or anything like that. Like, and they have it went from being like. It only had ever produced a single banana pepper, and that was because it was just too damn hot. Peppers actually start getting real and happy at about 90 degrees, which mm. is a real problem when we you're... We had some 100-ish degree days yeah, there. Like, a couple my couple days, my <clears throat> uh, habanero plants would just flop over completely, and then they'd stand back up in the, in the evening. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. And I took them inside and installed my grow light in my office. And now, now they're happy. Now they're extremely happy. Because yeah. it's 75, 78 degrees, they get 12 plus hours of sun a day, and then, you know, the correct amount of water right to their roots. Yeah. Like, I've I've been doing a lot, a lot of research and a lot of YouTube viewing. That's My YouTube cool. recommendations are now, like, all gardening videos. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, uh, when you head out, take a look in the kitchen. I got the air garden set, yeah, set up and it was um, starting to grow. This fall, I want to do some uh, herb gardens in my small pots. So, like, my first attempt at the garden was just sort of very slapdash. I started, and now you've got a green thumb. But now I'm like, all right, now I know what I want to do. So, like, for this fall, I'm going to be doing potatoes, broccoli, and some carrots. Because the grow season, because we're in region three. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought like, we were region five. We're in the fall, we're listed as region three on the tamu.edu thing that i linked um it's for tech it's a texas specific fall gardening guide okay page from Neat. one of the local uh agricultural universities and i might try seeding some of my pots with carrots around along with everything else and so like our our fall season starts around september 1st mm-hmm. um which gives me a couple weeks to prep my dirt my yams will be ready around that time um my ginger can continue growing until it's done because the two pots that are in are pretty much only really good for ginger or stuff that grows right at the surface. But I lucked out um, in the furry homeowners chat. Friend had this like massive oh, I was fuck ask. off yeah. tote. And yeah. that was a lot bigger than I thought. It's like a 50 gallon tote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be my dirt mixing box and my potato bed. Oh, nice. nice. So... Basically, what I got to do is, like, once I finish harvesting my yams, I'm going to reclaim most of the, like, I'm going to take off the mulch, reclaim as much dirt as I can, get 
any of the remaining growing greens that just basically some of them sprouted, but then the heat of summer, they just stopped growing. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets too hot for them to continue growing. They're like, we're going to conserve our water and we'll, control, we'll try growing later when it's cooler. I, I just, I fucked around. I didn't know what I was doing. You fucked around, you found out. And, but, you yeah, know, certain in, things were In out. an educational way, yeah. not like, you know. And, and so, like, I'm like, I have a much better idea of what I want to do this time. Um, I'm going to use put the broccoli in the round pots the large like 12 gallon pots that i've got the carrots i have some smaller row trays they're like a foot deep though three feet long i think you can always start your like seedlings for your broccoli now yeah well my seedlings or my seeds will get here tomorrow so like i ordered the seeds off amazon we'll see if they work i have the the grow light that have a seedling lights inside too now do you have did you get the um Seed warmer? No, I should probably do that. Do you want to borrow mine? Sure. Okay. Um, I figured you'd just sit add them on them for a while. <laughs> you know, he really likes the, the blood and bone. The all-natural, nitrogen-rich stuff. I literally... Like, I think I mentioned it you last... Mentioned the, where... The, yeah. I don't know if I mentioned it on the show, though. It's this organic stuff that I got when I went to the farmer's market with Ajax. And it smells really good to him. And so, like, he would really start getting poking around. And I had applied some. And it had gotten onto the leaves of one of my little seedlings... Little, like, greens seedlings. Mm-hmm. And he just ate the whole plant. He just went all... And, <sighs> and chomped the little plant out of the dirt with the with the bone meal mix on it. And I was like, Adam, what the fuck? And he like runs and goes like, I'm, I, I know, I know I shouldn't have done that. I'm going to go hide now. Aww. Um, because he like does this like thing where he looks at me and he's like very slowly going, Yah! and then he bites it and like, Adam, what the fuck? But it smells so good to him, the little dog. Yeah. Like, now you can get one of those rawhide chews and just cover it in that soil and <laughs> probably not supposed to be eaten by dogs probably not no, no dogs shouldn't eat dirt but yeah i'm gonna be doing carrots they do it anyways but yeah. you know carrot broccoli and potatoes potato potatoes and like you don't need a lot of space to do that and you can get a lot of potatoes out of a very small amount of potatoes that you let uh mm-hmm. start growing yeah. The two videos, the two channels that I've really been enjoying watching, it's self-sufficient me, which is an Australian. Oh, I've seen them. They're great. Yeah, I love the dude's voice. Um he's a very chill guy, it seems, and he talks about growing stuff in raised bed gardens and whatever. And he's out of Australia, but then there's also uh, Epic Gardening, which is um, a dude based out of San Diego, which is very much in line with our local environment here, probably a bit drier there. Mm. And so he's gone from having like a front yard garden at his house to he had it actually has another house where he's converted his like entire front and backyard into these massive garden spaces. He's like, fuck having grass. I'm going to grow food. And that's really cool to me. Like, I would love to do that with a portion of a backyard for certain because, you know, Adam has to have a place to run. But like watching videos of people that are doing stuff in climates very similar to ours Mm -hmm. gives me a really good idea of the kind of shit that I can do that'll work. I wonder what kind of things he's got. Has he gone into anything about wildlife control? Because I know with Ajax had a, a great like a planter area on the side of our house but like he ran into a lot of real problems with uh we have rabbits in our um, yeah. neighborhood 
Um, but the the carrots definitely got hit by the rabbits and a bunch of the other. A stuff. lot of it's basically raised beds, keeping it out of their reach. Like yeah. you're never going to be able to completely keep critters from getting into like if you're on a end round bed, you're going to lose a lot of stuff. Same with like if you try to plant beans, you got to plant a lot because birds will find them, or chipmunks will find them, squirrels will find them. Oh. so you got to plant a lot. It's just little things like that, but a lot about like. Not really, but wildlife control is just make it out of their reach. Because a raised bed with corrugated right. side or, like, the planter that he made yeah. that looks really good. Like, you could plant something in that and a critter would have a much harder time getting into it. Or wouldn't necessarily... I don't know. Yeah, a squirrel's not going to steal much. a carrot, though. It yeah. might steal a strawberry. Yeah. I don't know all what squirrels eat, so... Yeah. They'll kind of eat whatever. But I'm looking forward to rebooting my garden, as it were. Yeah. Like... This didn't work, but now I have a much better idea of what I want to do. Yeah. And I fully recommend that even if you have, like, just a patio on your... And you have... If you get a little bit of sun, you can grow veggies or plants in, like, milk containers. The self-sufficient me guy did a video where he grew an entire, like, little cycle's worth of veggies in milk cartons. Mm -hmm. Like, he's like, I've got, you know, three kids. We go through a lot of milk, but all I... just cut the the top off he he cut like down a quarter off handle. like so you still had the handle oh okay and then like you cut a little underneath the like the ring and then down yeah and that way you have a handle and it's a little more rigid oh, okay, and yeah. you drill a little couple holes in the bottom for excess water to drain mm. and you can grow like some little beans or some kale like some small greens yeah. stuff like that and so you could like you're not gonna make enough to you know eat, feed yourself necessarily but it does give you the pleasure of taking care of a plant and also making it something you can eat. Yeah. Like, especially when it comes to fast-growing things like greens, you just take a couple leaves and the thing keeps growing. And if you keep taking off the leaves, as long as the roots are there and there's enough green left, it'll still keep growing throughout the entire cycle. So you get something that grows pretty quick, mm -hmm. like anything from like that mixed salad mix, uh, mesclun, M-E-S-C-L-U-N mix. And you can just kind of pick it as you go, you know, add it to whatever, put it on a sandwich and still keep the plant growing throughout its life cycle. And like for me, it's just an extra little bit of structure. I have to make sure that I turn on the, the grow lights and I water my plants and I make sure that everything's looking good. That kind of structure probably really helps at this time when, yeah. like, you know, like, other scheduled things are it, probably not happening. Having Adam in my life was a major point of structure for me. Having another living being that I need to take outside and care for and you know make sure that they're in you good have to health get up at a certain yeah point. like he he's got to go out he's got to <laughs> you don't have to walk panther he's no, walking he's, <laughs> he's, he's an adult but like he's like a roomba he gets around on his own <laughs> yeah um but it's it's a point of structure and like right now i think a lot of us if we're still like working from home or we're feeling shit like shit because we're back in fucking quarantine again because i know i sure was and sure, sure am i mean like I, this sucks. I hate it, but I'm doing what's best for my health. Yeah. And so that has sent me like, all right, what can I do? What can I do at home with the space that I have? Yeah. I'm going to try to grow some plants. I'm going to take care of my dog. I'm going to take care of my spouse. And it's like having these points of structure keeps you moving. You can't just lay on the couch all day because the dog has to go outside. 
because Panther needs to be fed too, because the laundry needs to be washed. The plants need to be watered. Yeah. Like, even if it's a little bit, it gets you moving enough so that you're not just being sad and sitting on your ass the whole day. And I think a lot of people need that. I know I do. So I fully recommend we're coming up on the fall gardening season and maybe you should totally go to Callaway's or Atwood's or whatever place you've got around and, you know, maybe start a little garden. If you've got a sunny patio, if you've got a sunny window, like the fall season is coming, check your midday shadow line, like figure out where you can plant some carrots or plant some flowers, you know, something like I think it might really help you. Like, now I'm kind of thinking, like, is there a furry gardener group? Is there a furry pepper swap? Because, like, once my habaneros get going and my banana peppers get going, I'm going to be one of those people that makes pepper sauce and puts it in bottles. And I'm like, here you go. It's fun. I just wish the rats hadn't eaten all my tomatoes. Yeah, that sucks. Because, yeah, I brought some pepper sauce tonight. I think I left it sitting on the dining room table. Yep. But I made some pepper sauce from the peppers that Shiva gave me two weeks ago. The random cayennes I decided to try because what the hell is the thing that's done the best. It, the thing I cared about least and I grew just to see what it would do is the thing that's done the best. Everything else, meh. But those, hey, those have done but it really made good. a really good, lightly sweet, nice burn on the back end pepper sauce that was really easy to make and real simple like i ended up making around 16 ounces of that sauce from just the peppers you gave me and like i'm gonna do some tomorrow with the onions i grew as well as some jalapenos that were on sale from uh kroger i'm gonna make some green pepper sauce but yeah like once my habanero is growing and once like if you start getting a bunch more pepper shiva i will totally become the person that is handing out bottles of hot sauce well, let's make it more. It just takes time. Like, and again, like you, your peppers, mine have slowed down in the heat. Yeah. Hopefully mine will start kicking off real soon because they got the flower buds. Like they're happy. And so hopefully they'll start pouring their energy into making flowers and fruit because I was really inspired last year by an older neighbor in the complex. She planted a jalapeno plant. And it overwintered and survived uh, uh, the 2019 winter. And it grew to be like five feet tall and was this massive pepper bush that was in the ground. She couldn't have moved it if she wanted to. And eventually she hung up a little sign on the on it that's like, please take peppers. And so like I was like, I want to be that person. I want to be the person that has so many peppers or whatever that I can just be like, here, please take some. And people like peppers. It's not like I'm growing zucchini. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to go around leaving bags of zucchini in people's cars. It's like, what happened? Oh my god, someone left a paper bag on my car. What's in it? <gasps> zucchini, the monster. <laughs> but like I said, we had to lock our doors in the summer. Because if we didn't, we'd come out of the grocery store and we'd have a paper bag of baseball bat sized zucchini in our back seat. I was so disappointed that that giant plant that ajax grew was a zucchini it was like, I, it was oh, some well. kind of squash i don't know what it was but it did not pickle oh. like I, and, I, and, I, and it was definitely not a cucumber it was something i don't know what it was because like the next week i popped it open and it was like <laughs> i'm like damn it 
This didn't pickle at all. This didn't do anything. Well, it went through. I mean, it was the flavor was all the way through it, but it did not soften like a cucumber wit. Yeah, like it was some uh, kind of gourd, but it was not cucumber. I know he uh, he didn't actually intend to plant what he thought was a cucumber. It was um, a seed packet that fell into his cart by accident at Home Depot. <laughs> when he got home and saw it, he was just like, yeah, fuck it, and planted it anyway. So Yeah, like, I kept some seeds from it, but I don't think I'm going to plant them. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was an impressive specimen. Oh, it was a hell of a specimen. Of what it was. <laughs> but it wasn't, like, a veggie that I want to eat. Like, that's one of the big things, all the videos, like, I watch, like, make sure, like, to, to enjoy your garden, make sure you plant food you want to eat. Yeah. Like, don't grow tomatoes if you don't like tomatoes yeah or me who grows cayenne peppers because what else why not i've got it well, I oh it took take, off <laughs> if i will take them off your hands cyan peppers and you i will make just grow them for cyan no if i wanted to grow peppers for selling in the house it would be serranos i would yeah. make i will make so much pepper sauce for people if they want also one of the fun facts is that a quart and a gallon of white vinegar is the basis of the of this pepper sauce the price difference is 30 cents if you want a 32 ounces it's like 230 and yeah, if you it, want a it, gallon it, it's like 275 <laughs> vinegar is cheap as chips yeah so especially white vinegar definitely i think that more people should start little container gardens because mm. like one there's a lot of good content on it to like educate yourself and also it's pretty simple and gives you something to do to keep an eye on so Bo it was very conveniently lying right in the middle of the hallway. Of course. With uh, his um rawhide mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever it was. <laughs> He's like, I'm not I'm not bothering you, you're bothering me. Yeah. He's that... a, it's always right smack dab in the middle of the hallway where you gotta trip over him. I, I I was tried to very carefully step over and around his legs and not he, accidentally. He's step usually on. good about not standing up when you're stepping over him. <laughs> yeah. It's like Adam Hill I posted a picture to Twitter the day where he'd like had the draw high between his four legs and he was laying and he was kinda of staring at it and I looked at him, he looked up at me like, I see you looking at this. <laughs> this is my rawhide. Nuh uh. But you know, dogs and rawhides. Yeah, I should get Ajax a rawhide. You know, if you got him like uh, a plush squeaky bone, I think that'd be really cute. Yeah. Well, um, Gavin has has a little. Um, so Gavin is uh, Ajax's little plush hyena, and he has a little plush zebra leg, like a little zebra haunch. <laughs> that he'll he'll sometimes sit between Gavin's paws. It's really cute. Yeah, we're adults. <laughs> well, speaking of bones, though. This is a one cool thing type of thing. Are we going back to the sex discussion? <laughs> no, um, I, I don't think this that book this book has anything to do with hyenas. Um, <laughs> but it was a Smithsonian mag article. Oh yeah, like, archaeologists uncover oh. extensive pile of animal and human bones in Saudi Arabia, and it was this lava tube cave in northwestern Saudi Arabia that hyenas had been using as a bone depository for like 6,000 years. Oh yeah, there God. were some old bones in there. Like, Man, that's as long as the Earth's been around. I know, right? <laughs> Clearly so, there's some of the first men in there. Yeah, it says, Archaeologists <laughs> in northwestern Saudi Arabia have unearthed a massive collection of bones likely stockpiled by striped hyenas over the past 7,000 years. So they were doing oh. it before Earth was started. Wow. 
It found in a lava tube system, a network of tunnels formed by volcanic activity. Hundreds of thousands of bones belong to at least 14 kinds of animals, including cattles, caprids, horses, camels, rodents, and even humans. And the researchers' findings are newly published in the journal Archaeological and Anthropological Sciences. Yeah, so they said that the badass. human remains were mostly the skull cats, because that's about the only part and a hyena won't eat, and hyenas love to rob graves. Huh. <laughs> they would dig up skulls and heads and drag them off. Yeah. And, like, you know, most of those bones of the skull are pretty thin, but our skull caps are really fucking hard. And there's yeah. not much merit to them. That's um, what I was thinking. There wouldn't be much marrow in your in your yeah, skull. But they can so they can crunch most of this pretty easily and get any marrow and whatever bits inside. Mm-hmm. But the skull caps is kind of a chew toy. And <laughs> but they were saying that they found bones dating back seven thousand years. Uh, for the study, this team analyzed one thousand nine hundred seventeen bones and teeth recovered from the tube. Radiocarbon dating on a, a number of these samples found they range in age from around 439 to 6,839 years old. Yeah, this was just, this was the hyena bone bank. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to go stash bones in this cave. And it's a really impressive photo in the article. I'll link it, it in the show notes because pile. it's just piles of bones just covering the floor of this cave system. Mm-hmm. And it's just bones and bones and bones mixed. And you have to think that that's got to be like one continual hyena family that's kind of just been... Yeah, just generation upon generation upon generation of hyena was like, this is where we go and take our bones. Yeah. And they never stopped. Never. And that's just extremely cool to me. Yeah. 7,000 years of this is our... This is our fridge. Yep. But, and yeah, they talk about the skull caps. It's like, yeah, they're really not interested in skull caps. We found five or six of the gnaw marks on them, but nothing else. Hmm. What's also interesting is like, Umjusan is far from the only example of hyena stockpiling huge assemblages of bones. As Riley Black wrote for National Geographic in 2010, the Sribsko Klum Komen Cave in the Czech Republic contains more than 3,500 well-preserved lar- well large mammal bones collected by the carnivores. Basically, it's just... Uh, hey, we're doing a study of human and animal migration across, like, the Arabian Peninsula, and this is what we found. Mm. And it's like, the most surprising thing comes down just how well-preserved the material is and how much material there is, given that in Saudi Arabia we have no faunal remains, really. But also, it's like, well, thanks to the being so arid and whatever, there's very good for preservation of bone. So, that's really cool. Like, hyenas be collecting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, we thought some people hoarded things. They're like, no, this is, you know, it's, oh, this this is my grandpa's pile of newspapers. No, these hyenas are like, no, this is my great, 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 you know, keep going for about 20 minutes. Grandpa's pile of bones. And we've just been adding to it ever since. I, I, and I read that and all I could see is like the elephant graveyard scene from Lion King seeing the... <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like, that gives you a little bit of context because... Yeah, maybe the hyenas were just like, yeah, the elephants, they didn't get those, but all the other bones, there you go. Also, it is uh, August 19th, and so today is also Jonathan Frake's birthday. Yes, yes. Um, that's <laughs> happy worth birthday, noting. Riker. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday to Riker and all of his stuff. Like, I did not know that he had been involved in, like, every bit of Star Trek post-next generation. As well as a bunch of other stuff, too. Yep. But, like, he's been, like, he directed First Contact. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. didn't I didn't know. know that. He also directed Insurrection. Yeah, yeah, and like he's he directed episodes of the Orville, but he yep. also directed episodes of uh, DS Nine, Picard, Discovery. Like he's still heavily involved in Trek, and I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Like and- I mean, he made his bones on Star Trek, but. Like, he's still involved in the whole process, and I think that's really neat. And some of the episodes he's directed are some of the best ones out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's also in the animated show. He's in Lower Decks, which is cool. That's about to start up again, too. It actually already has, but we're um, we're letting it bank yeah, so that we can uh, watch I'm, more I'm, than one at once. Oh no, I'll, I'll wait for it to be done, and I'll just mainline that shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of. I mean, I tend to do that. I mean, I wait for Loki to finish, then I binge that. I don't know if I'll wait for What If because What If isn't like sequential. It's not a, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see picking up watching one. The of, second episode just dropped this week. Yeah, that's what I heard. It was uh, what What If T'Challa became uh, Star Lord? Star Lord, yeah. Which actually, it's Chadwick Boseman's last. Um, performance as uh, T'Challa. That's so sad. Yeah. He was still one of the most saddest losses. Yeah. Um, and then knowing he was acting through all of that with cancer is like, oof. And how, I think we talked about this at the time, but like, you know, different roles require different, like, physical types, so he ain't have to, like, really bulk up to be, um, to play Black Panther. And well, then he had was, fucking cancer. Well, he had cancer, and then there was other roles where he had to like really slim down and not not be as like like muscly, and, and then bulk up again, and then bulk up again for you know um, Endgame, I think. Yeah, uh, so it's like to put your body through that. Well, I guess he figured he knew he didn't have a lot of time left and was just gonna try to do as much as he could. Well, you know, while you probably could. But yeah, with what if not being sequential, I can see like picking at it as it drops. Yeah. Versus everything else is like, I like digesting that all. Netflix has spoiled me. Yeah. Or yeah. even like queuing up series that I hadn't watched before and then watching it all. Yeah. I like watching a couple episodes in a row so that I can actually remember what happened. Yeah. Instead of what happened two weeks ago, I yeah. don't remember. That's what no. we ended up doing with, like, For All Mankind on Apple+. Plus. Yeah. Which is good because, man, those last two episodes of the second season, or the third season, whatever. Mm-hmm. Oof. Um, uh, no spoilers, but um, Ajax and I have started watching Westworld. I um, haven't watched the... There's um, like- Third I've watched season? the first two seasons. Three They're... seasons are out already. It's been renewed for a fourth. Okay. I've watched the first two seasons. I've not watched the third one because apparently that's like a new storyline. Okay. Yeah. It's not. But the first two seasons the... are real bangers. I like them. Oh, yeah. yeah. The first two yeah, seasons. Yeah, let's not talk about. I'm not going to give any details. It's You're going to enjoy. Awesome. I think you'll enjoy them, Fuzz. What right, do you think yeah. of the opening? Oh, man, the the, uh, the opening is really well done. It, yeah. It's, it's really cool. It's really thematic with the the show itself. Yeah, it's just cool. Um, <laughs> Game of Thrones kind of started that whole epic opening, and a lot of shows keep doing that. Mm-hmm. And I really like how different ones will take on it. But Westworld's one of my favorites. Like, a lot of the um, Netflix Marvel shows had openings kind of like that. Like, we think about, like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jessica Jones in particular had that, that noirish yeah. opening that was all, like, different colors and, you know, it was very cool. 
I think Luke Cage had a pretty cool opening as well, but I can't quite remember it. Right Speaking now. of Netflix <coughs> ones, um, apparently in like the new MCU movies, they're actually for Spider Man. They're actually bringing that Daredevil yes. into the MCU to be Peter Parker's lawyer. Yep, like he's actually making that bridge. Also, uh, Kristen Ritter, who played uh, Jessica and Jessica Jones is going to be playing Jessica Jones in a She-Hulk, um, either series or movies. Thank, cool. I, I'm glad that they're not, like, orphaning it and forgetting that stuff, because those are really good series. Yeah, and those actors, like, really got a good handle on those characters. Oh, my God. Tenet got... Oh, he oh, got the, underneath my skin. Yeah. Oh, he, like, he bothered me so much. He apparently much. regained a lot of his lovability with good omens, but... <laughs> oh, he he made my skin crawl. Yeah, Have you seen Jessica Jones? I've not. Oh, it's... Uh, yeah, David think, Tennant's the villain. Uh, yeah, Panther but, watched that one. I don't think I did. He's um, just... Oh. But yeah, we watched Jones Good Omens. Is, that was nice. Which one? Oh, yeah. Good Omens. I have not watched it yet. You should. It's, it's good. good. Yeah. Uh, it's a, what, six-part series, something, something like that? Something like that. It's I, not and that's that long. That's an Amazon Prime original, yeah. I think, right? Yeah. You should I, have that if you don't. I've got a login. I, I, I love... Oh, no. Um, Tyrion has Prime, so okay. I, I have a login for that. But thank you. What was I going to say? Oh, that's, that was funny. I don't know if we mentioned this in the show... Uh oh, when it happened, but like Good Omens got renewed for a second season. Yeah. And some people were confused by that. And Neil Gaiman had said it was like, it is based heavily on notes that he had from a conversation that he and Terry had at a convention years ago after they were done with book one about how what they might do in a second book. And someone had replied to Neil Gaiman and been like, so you're just going to make it up? And he quote tweeted it with, <laughs> Well, that's how we did the first one. <laughs> I, I love some of Neil's. That's how fiction works. Yeah, yeah. You mean writers are just allowed to make things up? Oh, that's gaslighting. <laughs> oh, the whole thing with like Neil and Terry's daughter. Rihanna oh, about the whole trans thing. Mm-hmm. They're like, <laughs> yeah. How would it's like you're go you're arguing with a man's own daughter. And his, like, one of his best friends and writing partners. Yeah. And also, like, so many people that have read, like, a lot of Terry Pratchett's books have come out and been like, no, there's, like, literally all these uh, these pa- parts of the books and, and, and things where he's clearly, like, there's trans analogies and stuff like that. And uh, one I saw in particular is, like, because... Uh, I don't remember if it was you and I were talking about this, or maybe me and Terry and Ajax were talking about it, but it was about the dwarves. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. how, like, they're, you don't know what parts of your dwarf partner might have until you get to that stage of your relationship, and then uh, you just sort of figure it out, and it's like, whatever. And how there was, like, a dwarf who, and they don't really get into, like, pretty things and, and feminine things and stuff like that, but then there was, like, a dwarf who moved to, like, the main city and decided, no, I I want, like, pretty jewelry and, and stuff and like that. I would that. like heels on my boots. The yeah. heels are made of iron, but and they're still heels. Apparently, a, a lot of trans fans of Terry Pratchett had like seen themselves reflected in the dwarves and neil gaiman had tweeted out that he and terry had talked about this and terry like teared up happily that trans people had found something of themselves in his work yeah it's like no like 
Terry Pratchett wasn't a turf. Like fuck <laughs> all y'all for for trying to say that. We're but, trying yeah. to throw. And I I I think that's kind of died down. I think the blowback from everyone that knew him or enjoyed his work was so severe and quick that they dropped that. Hopefully, I yeah. haven't heard any more about it. Yeah, because people while. were like, "This is this is ridiculous and stupid." You're hearing it from like primary sources his daughter and one of his best friends slash writing partners mm-hmm. versus the musings of some brain addled person Turf. from misery Island. Yeah. And so like, yeah, of course, like they're going to be losing that fight. Um, and like, also there's another one of his books uh, called monstrous regiment where it's basically a woman joins the military and masquerades as a man. And like over the course of the book is determined that finds out that most of the other people in the regiment are also women who have joined the military under the pretenses of being men for whatever reason Mm -hmm. and you know into the book wraps up and they gain both women and men can be in the military and the care one of the characters is encountering new recruits who turn out to be women who are masquerading as men it's like well you know you could be a woman and join the military now but if you want we could use a few good men too yeah and the response is we have a choice (laughs) and that was like the end of the book so you know spoilers for a book that came out in like the early 90s 90s, probably (laughs) terry pratchett's writing is very good and you should read the books and not just listen to my weird synopses but yeah it's like there's themes that you can draw from and none of them were like you are rigid in your roles like one of the major things is like with samuel vimes of in like the guards series is like the dude's a a human a racist essentially a speciesist he's only thinks humans are good who gets saddled with a police force that is a mix of all the various monstrous races in the that right city and he becomes a better person through that because he realizes that you know we got to live together and work together so i can't be an asshole about this mm-hmm. it's dumb that people tried to do that but it was good that the force the blowback was super forceful yeah mm-hmm. and i'm looking forward to seeing what they do with good omens too because like it's going to be set between like basically in the times where Asrafel and Azrafel the, the the angel and Crowley Crowley yeah. <laughs> are, I think it I think it's Azrafel um are are there being you know gay together in yeah. various time frames cuz those dudes are hella gay come on <laughs> um looking forward to seeing that when it comes around yeah good shit <laughs> yeah it's nice to have like Oh, I'm looking forward to this good author is putting out some fresh shit. Or, or this author who made some good stuff, is his stuff's getting continued by his friends whom he plans to do stuff with before he died. Yeah. Um, in the case of Good Omens Part 2. American Gods. Yeah. That had a third season that Panther and I need to watch. We haven't yeah, watched it yet. And it doesn't wrap up the show because they had intended a fourth season and each. I think it was HBO. No, Stars uh, canceled it. Son of a bitch. But Neil Gaiman has tweeted that project's not dead. They're going to do something with it. Maybe a mini series, maybe a movie or two to like wrap yeah. things up. But they want to do more with that cast to finish out the story. I swear, like if they do this kind of kind of stuff, they need to get studios or something to commit (laughs) if you're gonna cancel us you at least have to give us xyz episodes to you know give us you have to guarantee us Mm -hmm. five episodes to close this out yeah and we've lucked out in some cases in like neil gaiman's 
uh, statement there is not like crazy thinking like we saw this happen with the expanse where it got three seasons i think on its original network and yeah. then a fourth on amazon and i, th- I think it's getting renewed again yeah, yeah it has a good. final season fifth season is going to cover two books which is going to be real fast <laughs> but there's a lot in those books too those to... are huge books i haven't started them yet i yeah. have um a copy of leviathan wakes and it's fucking massive yeah like the fact that they're going to burn through two books in the last season to get it caught up with what's published I, i've seen the books they're not that thick they're like that big well this yeah, one I've got a maybe I got like a large omnibus maybe accident or something, but mine is like this thick and it's like six by nine because like the next mm-hmm. one is like more proto molecule bullshit and then also hey the Martians did some shit and they're over here making their own like independent space colony. Mm-hmm. How do we deal with these fuckers? Yeah, um, and that was like the tail end of the last season. Mm-hmm. Like, Expanse is real good. You should watch it. Yeah, it's a good show. There's a couple books I need to catch up on, because I was current for a while, and I didn't hear that they had published more. Yeah, apparently the final one hasn't been published yet, but it is going to be published this year. It's the ninth in the series. Mm -hmm. And hey, you know what? It'll be finished before Game of Thrones. (laughs) well, we were talking before we started recording. New Epic of Gilgamesh drops before the next Game of Thrones book. Yeah, the new. The oh Epic no, of and Game of Thrones finished. are still gonna beat Pat Rothfuss, and I, I think fuck he's him. just like padding time until he eventually dies, and then he'll be like, "Oh, well, that didn't get finished," and he just leaves the HBO ending to be the ending. I mean, honestly, like, like if if the if your show eventually outpaced your novels. And then everybody hated the ending. That would take a lot of the wind out of my sails to to finish writing like the, well, the last few books. They went. They started diverging, and those showrunners trashed a lot of what Game of Thrones was. So hopefully, mm. he can bring it back around. That's pretty much what all the fans I have heard is like. Please don't let the book suck. Please don't let it follow because like. The yeah. show dropped all kinds of balls. They forgot all kinds of threads that were going on and just kind of... I've never seen or read Game of Thrones, but one of one of the, the things I read in like a, reviews about it that said that a way that they screwed up was that they were... That fans were, like, of course, making all these guesses about, like, what might happen, which, I mean, they do have Doctor Who as well and a bunch of other shows, but the... If someone guessed correctly, the writers would actually change what they were going to do. And it's like, Mm. sometimes that doesn't serve the story well if you're just trying to move the story around so that you can say nobody saw this coming. Well, the showrunners are supposed to go and be the people who know, like the deep lore and everything else like that and the showrunners didn't even bother reading the fucking books yeah i'd heard that Um, they were probably relying on on martin's involvement which i guess is why the early seasons are better than the later seasons. yeah he he departed the show partly and the showrunners didn't read the books they lost major plot threads that had been established early on yeah. And they just kind of, they started writing like a completely different series and they didn't pay attention to whatever was there previously and fuck you, I guess. But I'm just hoping that Martin eventually finishes it and it's decent. 
But at this point, I, he's old, and I think he's going to die, and we're just going to be like, mm. I think he's only like 70-something. I mean, he could live to be 90, but... He yeah. could, but he's not making a good record for publishing novels, let me tell you. Yeah. And, and like I'm... I said, Pat Rothfuss is another one who I just want to punch and say, publish the damn book. Because um, I know with Game of Thrones, like, I think... I don't remember if the fifth one came out or not, but I think there's... It's like, the next book is not the last one. Isn't there a lot? Like, no, like there's, two a, or three? there's like t- at least two more. Yeah. So yeah, it's not gonna... It's not necessarily getting the next one out. It's like, you're a long way from the goal, dude. <laughs> at least when Jordan died, he passed the reins to Sanderson. Yes, And yeah. Sanderson is fucking brilliant. And he, I... I've heard really good things about... I've only read a couple... I've read, like, one novella um, and an, an audio-exclusive short story that well, Sanderson you, wrote. you've watched, listened, I'm sure, to people in the Bookworms chat wank about him. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something mentions up, and then there's half a day of Sanderson wanking. Also, I think Tyrion's list listen to like the audiobooks of the Mistborn series. Um, I'm not sure what other Sanderson books you have. Well let me put it this way. You never read it, but you knew the name of the series. That's right. how much we wank about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I know that there was like a big super deluxe special edition mm-hmm. of uh, a recent release. <laughs> the leather bound that me and Dave kick started, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just that's super cool. Books. <laughs> books, yeah. Hey, we have opinions it's... on books. I need to get... Uh, so I read Lindsay Ellis's first book, and I need to pick up the sequel to it. I hadn't realized it had already been out yet, and it's been out for a while. So I just put a very funny thing into the show chat. So one thing that we did, we put out a couple episodes of uh, Fox and Wolf Movie Time on the Patreon. We watched uh, Space Jam 2, and then we also watched some Jellystone on HBO Max. And You'll have one, to show it to me. Um, one too. is better than the other. I put it in the Not Bros chat, too. Oh, you did? Okay. Well, let me just, have a night. Jabba Jaw, AMA, how you say, Lebanese. Girl, I thought you were French. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that's funny. That, that particular show on HBO Max, Jellystone, like... It's gay and weird, and like it's only tangentially using the characters from the Hanna Barbera cartoons. But it's it's very weird and vorny in a way. Yeah, like the first three episodes are very vorny. So I, much vor. So much vor. I, I you know I wonder like if I went back and rewatched like some of the the cartoons that I watched as a child, if I would see as much vor as. But I, I have in the new shows. I don't know. I mean, I think it's definitely informed by uh, oh, informed by current tastes. Like, I think if we went back and watched, say, Yo Yogi from the nineties, we'd <laughs> probably be like, "What the fuck?" Um, <laughs> so this is just a little bit of them, you know, re- renewing their copyrights in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. In terms of animation, because, like, it was funny. I think I mentioned Jellystone offhand, like, to one of my parents, and they were like, you mean the the campground south of Fort Worth? There's a bunch of those all over the U.S. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like, they're they're Jellystone campgrounds, and, like, the one that's on 35 West south of Fort Worth is, like, a campground that also has, like, a water park. Yeah. And, like, mini golf course, like... If if I was a family with kids, that would be pretty fucking fun, I think. I went mm. camping uh, at a couple of those as a Girl Scout back in the day. Back so. when the world was in black and white. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, 
that seems fun. But yeah, when I mentioned that, they were like, the, the campground? You're not going camping, are you? And I'm like, no. <laughs> camping right now would be pretty bad. Like late Can- year. Camping, it's like, I'm an indoor fennec. <laughs> well, like, I wouldn't mind if I was going out to, like, TRF. But I'm not going to TRF this year, even though they are back for making sure that all uh, vendors and staff and employees are vaccinated. That they can't, they don't really enforce the attendees. I'd rather go uh, camping in like April because the fall is all over the map. Sometimes it's really hot, Mm. sometimes it's not. But usually, you know, April ish, it's balmy and beautiful. The fall is a real all, you know, you can't bet mm. on it not being like 95 yeah or and cold as hell like man it, it just goes because like hookah weather in the fall is like you know you'll get like one afternoon out on the patio and it goes from too stinking hot to yeah now it's not fun to sit outside anymore for any amount of time yeah. well like it's it went it was like 75 this morning but oppressively humid oh my god it was like it was houston outside this morning and then it's gonna be like yeah, Houston's highs a in the nineties going up to <laughs> we're gonna have like a high of ninety eight on Wednesday. So there's no hookah. Like next Thursday it says it's gonna be ninety seven out, and that means it's gonna be real hot in the evening, even if there's no chance for rain. So no patio hookah cast anytime soon. Because yeah. I'm hoping that the weather starts cooling down a little bit close to the start of the grow season because damn it, it's if it's too hot, plants just don't grow. Yeah. yeah, and hopefully next Thursday, I don't know how much I'm going to stay on the floor in the middle of the busy part of the day, but I was at least planning to go down to help, like, the, get the vendors checked in and, like, badged and, you know, oh, here's, yeah. here's where you sit up. Fuck. But I was not planning on, like, being in close contact with any of them. Sorry, I'm not helping you push your cart this year. And um, I really don't know if I'm going to stay on the floor once it starts getting busy. Yeah, because next weekend is siesta. Wow, fuck yeah. time. Yeah, this coming weekend is Denver. Yep. Yeah, like there were some of the vendors saying that they were arriving like now. For? Denver. Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. I was going to say, people are coming a week early for siesta? I no, mean, no, no. I've got like that massive like uh, <laughs> vendor chat. I have to say, I love that glass blower who's been putting his, her, I have no idea stuff in the chat. It's oh, like, yeah. Yeah, those are really <laughs> cool looking. We don't have anybody else that makes glass like that. We got like a one metal caster guy and some chainmail people and regular artists, but one glass blower. That's yep. really neat. Mm-hmm. And that's also stuff that they can't really do at con. Yeah, it's all pre-made. <laughs> oh man, he can't take a sketch. I want it appended. It's like we're gonna make a okay, we're gonna bring the kiln. Set up don't, the kneeling oven. Don't breathe this. Cause like I've seen like glass blowers work, but they're always like outdoors at their events. I always when I go speaking of Ren Fairs, whenever uh, they're doing like a glass blowing show. I note the times. So I was like, okay, guys, we're going to loop back here at this, this, and this time because I want to see as many of the glass blowing shows as we can. Yeah. And I drag the guys to go watch glass blowing. But it's over always and over so again. cool to watch though because they yeah. make a different thing. They turn a glob into like a cool shape that is not necessarily a glob. Yeah. Here's a vase. Here's a wine glass. Here's a here's... unicorn. Yeah. It's like. Like, the, the the watching people create is just so neat to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like glass sketching, just seeing people turn nothing into something is always fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It's one of the things I watch on YouTube is there's various pottery, blah, 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 from this, that. So I watch like a couple different Asian potters where they do all, all the nice little neat cutouts of oh. the, and they glaze it and then they fire it. But watching it all just become a thing is like, yeah. that's so cool. Yep. <sighs> well, we are sitting here and yawning. It is nearly 10 p.m. We are old and we need to go to bed, you know. <laughs> When it's, it's 10 o'clock, gotta go to bed. <laughs> Need to take my bed, Amusel. We were, uh, Sarah and I were jokingly um, discussing our convention habits earlier, and there's like um, four of the main six um, for Planet people behind the table are all in bed at nine. Yeah. Because <laughs> we were talking a bit about like cons and like, you know, how we operate while we're at conventions yeah um and also like you know if conventions were down to the likes of just one person there would be certain things just wouldn't exist and then we'd all be done with the con by seven to go get the seniors grand slam at denny's (laughs) you know i Uh, wish i could be in bed by nine because i'm tired even if i i still can't still nocturnal as yeah. much as I really need to get to bed earlier, it's just my brain doesn't turn off. There and is. then I'm up at seven, hating my life to open the ten. Yep, I know how it is. Same with me having to be like, oh, the the game room is open till midnight. Oh, I have to wake up and open it at ten. Speaking of which, I really, I, I like the hours that you posted for the, the den for Siesta, because it was, it was like 11 to It's like, I wasn't, I, I was thinking of like the, the Fiesta hours, it's like, no, this is Siesta, we're a little bit low-key. Let's shave yeah. an hour in each direction. Yeah, like, I'd be fine with an 11 a.m. opening at every con, because, I mean, yeah, I do go to bed early, but like, a more relaxed morning schedule where I could get up and have a proper meal and kind of ease into my day rather than just like quickly grab whatever or have a friend grab whatever. What? You yeah, know, when getting, I... waiting 15 minutes for an elevator, rushing down, waiting 15 minutes for your cold brew coffee and staggering down the escalators to get to the bottom floor, <laughs> swooping past the little boopy person at the door and going, fuck you. I'm a vendor. I've got to get to my table. <laughs> um, I'm talking about FWA here. Oh, the, yeah, the boopy thing. Yeah, and I was just like, "Handful of food, fuck off." <laughs> I mean, I've got my vendor badge. I'm not booping in. I will boop in later when my hands are not full. And I might do that when I do um, the next round of Fiesta things. It just take a poll. It's like, okay, what would be your preferred opening hour time? What would be your preferred close? And seeing, depending on who gets in, kind of like, okay. Well, like, I could totally yeah. see artists being like, wait, I could work on some commissions in the morning, too. Yeah. I mean, or if I stay up sketching until four in the morning, I can actually get some sleep. Be dead at my table on Saturday. Yeah. I, I mean, there's all different, you know, and it's like, okay, if, if the vast majority want me to open up at noon, okay. I mean, it's y'all's money. <laughs> I'll yep. sleep in happily. See, like, like my feeling is, is that like the customers are going to come regardless. They always line up before the den opens, and like whether that's ten o'clock, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, the the customers are going to be there. Mm-hmm. No matter when you close, you always get people running in at the last minute or who are still in their shopping fifteen minutes after close. Like, oh, one- yeah, I'll get into the point of the den. It's like if it's like half, I'll go up 
and I'll be staring at people. And the, I'll make them uncomfortable because I'll just be sitting there doing this, watching them. I, I and still, eventually they're like, you want us to leave, huh? I still remember the one Anthrocon where, like, we had the, the table all packed up to go. We were just waiting for our car spot in line to get to the dock so that the, the Teamsters could load it. So we have all of our stuff in boxes on two massive stacked flatbeds. And I don't know how someone was still in the dealer's room at this point where we had been able to completely pack up. But somebody came up to us and they were like, oh, you guys are already all packed up. I'd wanted this one particular comic. I don't remember what it was. Can I still get it? And I looked at the the boxes and was I was like, like, we were loading it into my car. And I was like, no, I have no idea where that would be in, in all this. Like, we don't you know, alphabetize them before we put them in the car. We, we take, do that when we get home. We take a post-con inventory when we get home. Exactly. And I'm just sort of like... And they Go to FurPlanet.com. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I probably said that. And they, they seemed really, like, disappointed in that. And I'm like, dude, the, the times of the den are... It's readily like, uh, available, uh, posted like a month before the convention. And looking at it, it's like, uh, so you're going to Give me like five bucks and I gotta dig through 15 boxes to find this. Fuck you. <laughs> this is not worth five dollars. Yeah. It's not or, worth twenty dollars. Yeah, even at 20, 25 bucks, I'm like, yeah, honestly, even if you were offered to buy like 200 bucks worth of merchandise, I would. I'm too like, tired no. to give a flying no. fuck. It's, it's the end of the con. We've just packed up our table, so we're all tired from doing that. We haven't eaten. You know, we're all ready to basically get all this stuff in the car and then go to dinner. <laughs> and and then like, fall the fuck over. And at a con like Anthrocon that has been running for many years, the dealer's den hours have really not changed for a long, long time. And they are readily available weeks before the convention. There's no excuse to be like, I know you're already packed up, but... It's like, no. There's no, no butt here. Let me stop you right there. No. It's called <laughs> com. That's right. Books. You should buy Online. some books. Oh, yeah. This is the... The, um, the pitch part. The, the, the pitch part, yeah. Yeah. Then if you want some ebooks, you can go to baddogbooks.com and That's buy right. some ebooks. And you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash southpawscast. We're producing bonus content now. Yay. Like... Um, there's a whole ass bonus episode that I didn't make go public. You just haven't missed that you haven't heard. It's amazing. And I don't know if it's amazing or not. I just, I thought it was a good episode. (laughs) (laughs) You and I and Ajax got together and sat down and recorded. Yeah. Um, and we watched like two, two different things in one night and banged out a couple of bonus episodes. Yep. So there's that. Uh, there's always the fan chat on Telegram. There's a link to the show notes. Um, and there's also still the Minecraft server. It's been going for over a month now, and nobody's... Oh, we haven't blown cool. it up or anything. And no one's died. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I maybe some people have died. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's still going. There's still people on it. A couple people have made some pretty big builds. A lot so, of people... so did you buy hosting eventually? No, it's still running on my machine. I should just say fuck it and pay the 30 bucks to... Like, buy some hosting for it, so I don't have to have it on my machine. But there's been times where there's been, like, six people on the server, and it's not really killed my machine, so... Yeah, they give me 30 bucks. I need to buy some Minecraft hosting. <laughs> Come I mean, on. like, look, 
<laughs> if I can spend 90 bucks getting this book printed and shipped, I can spend 30 bucks on fucking hosting. You know, I probably should get around to it. What sucks, though, is that with the server, like, we people had kind of mapped out a chunk of the world, and, like, once a, a block has been created, it's that for everybody. Like, the first person to go to an area causes the map to get generated. Mm. And when we moved it's it, like a blockchain when we'd moved it to panther server and then we figured out that oh no this is single threaded and this server is super not suited for it it crashed a few times causing the world to yeah you said it generated weird yeah and so like we're expanding northward into that zone and it's very interesting because it also changed how the biomes were being generated so we were getting shit that we hadn't seen yet in the original version of the map and so like it's the wild far reaches it's it's fun anyway it's Indomatica 056 um it's a big mod pack that has a bunch of everything um if you if you join the fan chat you can get the information to our discord and the to join the server from there um other than that uh if you would like to write in and say how you're sad that we're not able to record episode 500 at siesta but you understand and would like to give us $5, you can write to southpawscast at gmail.com. That's going to wrap it up for this week. So uh, on that note, good night. And buy books. <laughs>